Hello, hello, and welcome back to What a Fashion Girly in Tech can tell you so far. This is my third episode at this point, and I'm super excited. Um, I'm super happy that you liked the prior episodes. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is actually not so much discussed in the whole industry, but also in the media. But I recently read an article on One Granary about it, and I thought it could be a super interesting topic to talk about today on the podcast, which is fashion assistance. And the title of the whole article on One Granary was, Why Aren't We Talking About Fashion Assistance? So that's what we were doing today. Um, if you don't know me yet, my name is Merit. I'm super excited to see you here more often. Um, I will release new episodes each Sunday. I'm super happy that you're here. And let's get this episode rolling. So it's a new week. It's a new topic. Um, I'm currently at the office. So uh, it's Sunday at 7 p.m., um, super late, but yeah, I decided to do this podcast episode today. And yeah, maybe we could just go on and start with um, like the first segment of today's episode um, of me explaining what a fashion assistant is actually. I've been a fashion assistant myself for quite some time. And that's why this topic is also super close to my heart because I really think it's important to talk about it and to inform people what they're trying to get into um, before they actually end up working as fashion assistants. Um, a fashion assistant can basically work in several different fields in the whole industry. Um, most of the assistants that I know worked in styling and so did I myself. Um, but you can also go to big magazines and assist editors, for example. You can assist photographers. You can assist journalists. And um, a fashion assistant basically is responsible for all the work that um, the person they're assisting is not willing to do. So in my case, it's kind of going shopping, um, which sounds fun at first, um, but I will go into more detail later. Um, going shopping, picking up packages, um, doing calls, doing request mails at designers, at PR agencies for different pieces, um, items from uh, different collections, uh, doing the credits, writing credits for um, photo shoots, for example. So every time you see an editorial in uh, a magazine, you will probably see like a small tiny text where it says, okay, the model is wearing brand XYZ um, styled by person so-and-so. And that's basically your job as a fashion assistant or as a styling assistant. And that's what I did mainly. You also have like a lot of other um, things to do and a lot of different um, tasks every day. And you can really have like a forecast for everything because also this industry is super spontaneous and um, that's on one hand maybe exciting but on the other hand also super stressful because you can't really prepare yourself uh, for what's coming up next. So you probably already noticed that this, jobs come, this job comes with a lot of responsibilities. Um, it can be diverse and super different from and depends on the person you're assisting. Uh, for me, it was not the worst experience. Uh, I assisted for multiple people. All of them were, no, 
not all of them were stylists, but like 90% were stylists. And the other one was um, a producer and a photographer, um, which I won't call out for their names for um, legal reasons. But um, that's where I made my experiences. And that's where I kind of got started before I did styling by my own. Um, so yeah, basically, as I said, a fashion assistant can do many things for the person they're assisting. And you're probably wondering why it is such a problem or why is it problematic at all? Because obviously you have to start somewhere when you want to make it in the whole industry. You have to gain some experience. You have to connect with people. And that's why it's so important to assist in the first place. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't assist with this, but I'm just saying that you have to be very careful about the people you're working with. And you have to be super precise uh, when setting your boundaries because that's super, super important. That's also a thing that I learned because most of the time you tend to do all the bullshit um, that someone wants from you. And I will go into detail for that later because I um, found some stories that people shared online um, yeah, telling about their experiences um, as styling assistants or fashion assistants. And um, I think you will get like a grasp of how crazy it can be and what people might expect from you when you um, start working in such a position. So be excited for what's coming because shit is crazy that I will tell you. Um, but yeah, that's basically the first segment. So everybody is now on the same page about what I'm talking about and what a fashion assistant is. So how do you become a fashion assistant? Um, most of the career paths, I think, are today about on Instagram so social media and Instagram is super important when you when you're trying to get your foot into the door to a certain industry and I don't think this goes for the fashion industry in specific but for all the industries because um, it's same for now for me like the tech industry for example people are super open on their social media channels people um, are telling about their lives they are looking for um, people to work for them, having like open job vacancies on their Instagram stories. And yeah, that's basically like my number one recommendation. If you're looking for a job, you should follow people who you admire, whose work you like. It's also super important that you kind of um, have an understanding and also excitement for what you're doing because passion is like the number one driver when you're a fashion assistant. Because I will get to that point later, but most of the time it's low paid if it is paid. And that's why you need some kind of drive or you need some kind of motivation. Uh, and if you don't work on something that you don't love, then you shouldn't do it in the first place. But for me, it was always about on Instagram. So I reached out to people, I asked them directly if they were looking for an assistant. Um, I told them about the things I did before, about my experience, because I obviously worked in luxury retail before. Also, if you want to know more about how I got into styling in detail, you can listen to uh, one episode prior. That's where I um, kind of explain my own path into styling and fashion and now how I ended up with my own uh, startup. But um, that's like the number one thing. I think another great way to reach out to people that you don't know is like a cold um, kind of mail or cold. could be like chat message or something on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is also great. I 
hated it in the first place because I thought it's super boring and super far away from like the visual creative world that I lived in. But I, yeah, sooner or later you will um, find out that there's like plenty of people that are really cool, that they're doing cool work on LinkedIn. And most of the time they're more likely to answer you there than on Instagram because if you're like reaching out to a celebrity stylist, for example, I can tell you they probably get like 10 to 15 messages each day or even more. So they're less likely to reply. But if you do reach out to them on LinkedIn and really kind of put in some thought in the message that you're sending out, then I guarantee you that some of the people will definitely answer you. Um, for me, for example, um, last cool person kind of that I reached out to was a person working for the Yeezy creative team. Um, so they're all on LinkedIn. And yeah, it was paradox for me because I thought, okay, these people are like super cool and also like far away and out of my reach. But on LinkedIn, they were all like super chill <laughs> and kind of let me add them. And then I could just kind of slide into their um, messages and be like, okay, that's me. That's what I'm doing. Um, maybe we can work together in the future. And that's what I would recommend you. Cause that's like, yeah, for what, what I heard from people like Instagram, social media, LinkedIn, uh, or by any chance, if you know someone in person already, then you can definitely also do that in real life. But I think most of the time when you're really new to an industry, you don't really know someone and that's actually like the point of why you're doing the whole system thing to get to know people and to network. So I think just reaching out is like the number one thing, how to become um, a fashion, fashion assistant or fashion stylist in the end. So what is so problematic about being a fashion assistant? What is the problem and why is nobody talking about it? Um, the reason why being a fashion assistant is so dramatically um, problematic is probably the reason that it's A, low paid, B, you will be super, super, super overworked because you have to be available 24-7 and uh, C is absolutely zero credits. So most of the time you will do 90 to 99% of the work, maybe 100% of the work, but won't get like any um, credits when the final product um, yeah, is being published, for example. So um, most of the time you're doing all the work, you will do all the tasks that are necessary to kind of um, yeah, realize certain projects, uh, certain shoots, um, but you will end up without any like credits or your name in the credits or something that says that you did something and also if you expect people to I don't know clap their hands and be like super thankful and be like oh, wow couldn't have done that without you um, then I think you're in the wrong industry because that will definitely not happen I mean sometimes Sometimes people are a bit more thankful. Sometimes people remember where they're coming from and they're also started as an assistant. And then it's a bit better because um, then sometimes they're a bit thankful. But most of the time you also have to work a certain amount of time with someone until they kind of um, value the work that you're doing for them. And also it's important that you, with time, maybe not like in the first shoot, but with time, kind of... Um, 
step up for yourself and also ask for your credits and be like, okay, um, I'm super happy about the project we did. It's always, it's always important that you say we or us never talk about you as a like individual because um, no stylist, no photographer, no editor wants to hear that because they know it. But um, obviously they don't want to say that to anyone else. But um, yeah, that's like one big thing because you're doing a lot. You're putting all your creativity in a project and end up without nothing. And ironically, most of the time they say, oh, it's super cool to work for free and um, to assist me because you'll get a lot of exposure. But exposure is worth nothing in the end. Exposure doesn't pay your rent. Exposure doesn't do anything. Um That's that's my experience. Maybe if you have like a lucky lucky shot and it's like a viral Instagram post and you're in the credits, um, something will change. Maybe a few people will follow you, but I think that's basically it. Because especially if you're in the credits as an assistant, no one really gives a shit, uh, honestly. <laughs> so um, yeah, be super careful about the projects you're working on. Because yeah, as I said, exposure doesn't mean anything. And, um, yeah, to come back to the second point, like being super low paid, if you're paid, um, it's also important to acknowledge the privilege kind of that you have to have in order to work as an assistant. Because I know, um, that obviously not a lot of people can afford to work like a full-time job that doesn't really pay well, uh, especially if you live like in a big city, um, which is kind of necessary if you want to work in fashion, Uh, life is super, super expensive. Your rent is expensive. Food is expensive. You also have like a lot of um, kind of uh, expenditures when you work as an assistant. You have to pay for Ubers. Maybe you have to pay for packages. You have to pay for gas if you go by your own car and a lot of other things that you have to pay for. And sometimes it could happen that you won't get your money back. So um, yeah, sometimes you just spend more money than you're actually earning uh, just in order to have like, just in order to have like um, a great outcome on your project. So that's a thing um, that should, you, that you should really like keep in mind when starting to look for positions as an assistant. Um, Cause you, most of the time can't really live off uh, what you're kind of making. Uh, I think I worked, I think I worked for as an assistant as maybe as an, in a total of three years and I didn't get paid in like two years of them. So uh, I had to have like a second job. Um, I had to have savings that I could live from. Um, and yeah, that's super expensive. Uh, it's super important to know, And the other thing is, of course, the mental health aspect. As I said before, um, there are crazy stories out there of people um, experience, experiencing wild stuff, um, even wilder things that I uh, experienced. I won't go into so much detail. Um, and why I won't do that is uh, a topic in the next um, segment of this episode today. But um, I'd rather talk about um yeah and anonymous um posts of other stylists and assistants than rather talking about mine um but yeah coming back to the point is 
that being overworked, being um, depressive, being kind of close to burnout is normal as an assistant. If you watch The Devil Wears Prada, um, I always tell that people it's literally the reality um, if you work in fashion. Like a lot of people think it's a bit like being overdramatic and not really realistic. In my opinion, it is. It is super realistic. So if you haven't watched Devil Wears Prada, you should definitely watch it and then rethink if you really want to do this kind of lifestyle because that's what it is basically um, without even like lying that's like the whole thing of being an assistant and it's 100 true um if you watch the movie and it comes really close to the things that i experienced so why is nobody speaking up and why is nobody um kind of uh looking for help if they're in such a problematic um uh, situation And the clear answer to that is the toxic hierarchy that is actually in the whole industry. And um, talk by toxic hierarchy, I mean um, the people and kind of the gatekeepers that you will meet along the way when you're trying to make it in fashion. Because most of the people um, that are in higher positions also suffered and went through the same so they think that you have to go to, through the same to um, achieve the same. And I think, and I also talked to a lot of other people who used to assist, um, that the shift is now coming with the new generation of stylists. And because we don't really think that going through all this kind of harassment is really necessary um, to, in order to accomplish things. Um, and mental health is obviously like a big aspect of your health and should be a big aspect of your whole um, work. And um, that's like the main reason, because once you speak up, once you kind of call out somebody who doesn't treat you good or um, yeah does you wrong, um, it could easily happen that you have to face any kind of uh, backlash for it or that you could kind of uh, miss out on opportunities in the futures because people will obviously remember what you said and um, will try to keep you or your mouth as shut as possible and also um, try to um, deny everything that you're saying. And unfortunately, our work doesn't work like, or social media doesn't work in a way where we look for truth but rather believe the person who has more followers, um, who appears to be more trustworthy. And usually it's not the small unknown assistant, but rather the bigger um, celebrity stylist with a lot of followers and a lot of connections in the industry. So once you kind of burn a bridge with someone, uh, you also burn a lot of bridges to other people. A lot of people won't work with you again after you're saying something. And that's the thing that has to be changed. And um, there are a few ways to uh, seek for help if you are in such a situation. And one of them is the um, account Fashion Assistance. And I will also now present you some um, 
an anonymous posts from people or d d it's more more dms of people to this account um trying to explain what they uh experienced and sh are sharing their experiences in the industry and i would just love to read out a few of them because that's obviously also re the reason why i won't go into depth um about my own experiences Because obviously um, people know me and people know the people I worked for. And that's why I won't speak about my personal um, experiences. But I will read out a few that come relatively close to what I um, yeah, have experienced. So you kind of get a grasp of what could happen if you decide to go for a role as a fashion assistant. So um, the first post says, once while an intern working for a designer, I tried to go cry in the designated crying closet, but someone was already in there and yelled, go get your own crying closet. So that's really a thing. I also heard about um, so-called crying closets. So that's basically <laughs> spaces where people can go um, and cry if they have like a mental breakdown or something. Um, so they don't bother the other people. So that's a real thing. Um, Yeah. So the next post goes, my first shoot as an intern, I was working on a Vogue Italia shoot with, um, the name is blacked out, so we don't really know. The shoot ended up lasting 24 hours because another blacked out name and the famous singer didn't arrive until 2 p.m. even though everyone had been on set to work ready to work at 7.30. It was nonstop backbreaking work for 24 hours straight unpaid so it's also a thing that I um kind of experienced so I also had shoots that would go longer than 24 hours and you're working you're um carrying heavy things you have to be uh 100 on it and focused um you have to be creative uh you have to think all the time about what you're saying what you're doing you're most of the time dealing with Famous people, um, people that are sometimes really hard to work with. Some people are obviously nice, but also a lot of people are, um, yeah, not as easy as you might think. Um, so, yeah, that's also one thing um, that I experienced kind of. And obviously, like Vogue Italia sounds really good and it's a great opportunity, of course, but working unpaid for Bigger magazines as uh, normal and reality. Then there's another uh, super crazy one. I didn't experience um, anything super close, but it says no one is allowed to look so-and-so in the eye. It is a known fact amongst all stylist assistants. And so there's this one person that you can't really look into the eyes. Um, the name is blacked out here, but I also worked with um, a client so it wasn't the stylist but it was um, a person I had a photo shoot with and I wasn't allowed to speak to them um, directly or watch yeah kind of watch them or look into their eyes and if I wanted to ask them something I had to go up to their manager ask the manager the manager would ask them as I was sta standing like right next to to the person so the person would answer their manager and the ma manager would go and repeat the same thing to me so yeah that's crazy um it's disrespectful um and it's part of the job 
Uh, so then there's another person saying, hi, I'd like to remain anonymous due to possible repercussions, but this account really makes me feel less isolated in my experiences. Um, the person goes on a bit and then says that she remembers a retoucher telling a client, don't worry, I'll make it look like she hasn't eaten since birth while editing a photo of an already scary thin model. And um, yeah, she says that she assisted on a lot of shoots where assistants weren't allowed to eat lunch. And on one time, she also saw someone passing out from exhaustion. And yeah, then them or this person being reprimanded for interrupting the shoot. And this is a thing that I also um, kind of experienced, like you're not allowed to eat in front of the client. Um <laughs> Yeah, because eating is um, not, yeah, people are just not happy to see you eating and enjoying um, fast food, especially uh, when working on set, because people think it's nasty. Uh, and if you want to eat, then most of the time it's like super healthy, which is good, of course. But also if you have been on set for like 10 hours straight, then you would also enjoy to eat something with a few calories maybe. So um, yeah, and also the aspect, of course, of um, people judging models, uh, judging bodies, um, yeah, directly talking about the appearance of some people um, is super common and uh, yeah, doesn't really shock me uh, anymore, unfortunately. So another one says, hey, please post this as a private. I worked with a stylist today on an editorial. I had never worked with said assistant before, so did not know what to expect and generally have had very positive experience throughout my career. This stylist was different. She berated me for taking longer than two minutes to tie up a pair of thigh length plastic boots with at least 49 eyelets each side and made me light her cigarette for her. When her lighter had ran out and wouldn't light anymore, she snatched it. And yeah, that's also a thing. Um, I didn't I didn't do it myself, but it was a photo assistant that was on set with me, and she also had to lighten up the cigarette um, from the photograph she was assisting for. Um, yeah, same thing. It's like super shocking, um, but nothing new. Um, super disrespectful and... That's also, I think that's, this makes it like super clear that um, also a lot of people that you're going to work with um, will try to do their best to make sure you feel the hierarchy, you feel less important than them, you feel smaller than them. And even if it's just you lighting up the cigarette, um, even if it's just this, um, they will feel better and they won't give a shit if you uh, feel not so good after the shoot or after spending so much time with them. Um, so let's close this one with a classic. Um, so once the stylist called me up to handle this event on my own since she wasn't free, told me that she would give all the fees to me. She made me do all the sourcing, fittings, etc. It's been two years now and she hasn't paid me and also forgot to mention um, to take me into the credits for the work I did. So yeah, as I said, a classic. Um, a lot of the time people will call you for assistance and eventually you don't even assist, you do your own work, but they uh, try to get the credits and the money 
So make sure if you're ever in this situation to kind of have um, a contract or any kind of written form for this. So you can, worst case, um, yeah, kind of have like legal evidence for um, the contract. But then again, think about if you really want to do like the whole legal thing with someone who could eventually risk your career. Um, but yeah, in the end, I would say it's super important to speak up about um, mistreatment in the industry. Um, I think we still haven't really found a way of speaking up. I think these accounts like um, fashion assistants, but also stressed stylists, if you don't follow them, you should definitely check them out. They also do like funny memes. Um, these are like the only platforms that I know that kind of help you to have some kind of um yeah safe space to um have like yeah to output your emotions or your experiences but um if you have any ideas on how you think um people should like handle this in the future if you have like a solution for people struggling with their mental health um, then please come forward, please send me a DM or leave me a voice message under this um, podcast because I'd really love to discuss um, yeah, solutions for that because I think it's super important. I would love to see more young people in the industry, but in a more healthy way. Um, so yeah, please let me know if you have like any idea regarding this. And the last segment that I uh, want to talk about today is obviously know when you should go. So um, for me, it's, it's been like three years of assisting and I'm super thankful for all the experiences, the network and uh, the connections that I made in this year. I also learned a lot, I have to say, like you have to learn all the hard and soft skills for this job. You have to learn it somewhere and assisting is the best way for me to think. It's better than going to a private university and studying styling and don't really having like any hands-on experience on um, the job you want to pursue. So it's super important. Obviously, as I said before, it's um, something that is kind of gatekeeped and yeah, maybe gatekeeped to the more privileged people in a financial way. Um And um, I think we have to change that, obviously. But what I want to say is that assisting is still um, the best way to get your foot into the door of the fashion industry. So after doing all this hard work, after assisting someone, maybe after <laughs> kneeing in dirt, doing all the shitty work that you don't want to do, um, you have to get to a point where you are... Um, yeah, maybe secure enough with yourself and with your skills to know, okay, this is, this is the time where I um, kind of stand up for myself, where I will leave my assisting position and eventually end up as um, my own boss. Because I think that's basically what everybody wants to do in the end. Uh, you don't want to run behind someone, work like in the shadow of someone else for your whole life. So in the end of the day, you have to ha make the step at one point. And I think the earlier you make it, the better. Because um, when you have all this um, 
experience and you learned a lot from people. And I think it's also important to to assist different people. So you learn from different people and have different sides on things and also learn while working with different clients. Um, you have to make this decision for yourself. And I know it requires a lot of um, strength to just go into the risk or jump into the whole world of freelancing, if you want to do that, obviously. Um, or if you want to work for an agency, that's also an option. But most of the stylists that I know work as work in freelance. So if you're if you feel ready for the step, you should have you should just do it and just believe in yourself and um, don't hesitate to do it or wait for like this one big job or someone who waits for you because basically no one no one is waiting for you in the whole industry. You have to do it by yourself you have to you have to establish everything by yourself and once you're at a point where you feel like you're stuck and you're not learning anymore and you're kind of on this um yeah same level you have to um get out of your comfort zone and just uh do do what you love and kind of network with with other people and present yourself as a stylist to your own and step out of the shadow of someone else so yeah, this was it for this week's episode. Um, I'm super happy about the episode. I'm super happy that we're now starting to talk about um, working in the fashion industry, working as an assistant. And I hope this cleared a lot of questions. And also I hope this cleared a lot of maybe <sighs> romanticizing about the whole thing. Um, I don't want to say again that it's, not good to assist, but you should definitely know all the risks that come with it and should prepared, should be prepared for it. So if you have any more questions uh, regarding this or if you have a story yourself that you want to share, feel free to contact me. And yeah, I think that's it. I'm happy to see you next week, next Sunday. And until then, I'll say bye-bye.